Sports Best Friends is proudly brought to you by PWA, the home of Australian pro wrestling. The next big show is on 30th of April at the Factory Theatre, Marrickville. See our local heroes, the Velo Cities, defend their PWA tag team belts against international stars Aussie Arrow, Kyle Fletcher, the Dunkzilla Mark Davis, together known as Aussie Open. Get your tickets at their website now. PWA, now we conquer. And the boys from Surplus City. Go and see Big Kahuna and Parramatta for all your camping needs. Just down from here to win. Find their website in our show notes too. This episode is in loving dedication of Jesse at Jetso underscore 10 tweeted, RIP old girl, you've been there with me for over a decade and age just caught up to you. You loved your belly rubs, food and hunting, but you were the sweetest and most loyal girl I could have asked for. I miss you. We miss you too, Jesse. Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends, NRL season. A podcast as excited about football as a Gold Coast star about David Fafita. It will be unbelievable and I think it, it probably will be a dream that we're chasing and um, I just hope we go good. I'm Big T, views of my own and I'm recording these views in the Blocker Locker with none other than Jetso. How are we, sir? Good, thanks. Yourself, mate? Yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. It's Jetso underscore one zero. Can you talk me through the 10, Jetso? What's doing there? Uh, basically, that was the best Titans year, and um, oh. you know, that was the year. But I can't remember actually being happy about you know waking up and realizing it's game day. So, um, yeah, she's been a long decade, but um, yeah. Well, it's the same decade for me, mate. 2010 was about the last time I was doing that as well. It makes sense. And also, do, yeah. you, have a, do you have a slight accent? Um, no, I I actually had um speech therapy as a kid. Okay. So I'm, I'm a bit. So some um, particular words fall off the tongue a bit, um, I guess, sloppier than others. But um, I get that question an awful lot, actually. Um, a lot of people think I'm Irish or Scottish or didn't grow up here. But um, no, nah, mate, I've been here in Australia for my entire life. So. And uh, it just sounds like you're a good time. If you, if you sound Irish or Scottish, they're just people who love to have a great time. So maybe that's just twinkling in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Anybody watched a series of rugby league games, they'd never go back to watching Union or AFL or soccer. So it's Saturday, uh, and for the sake of art, I'm using some poetic license um, on the order yep. of these games. So um, we're going to start with the Tigers game first. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that, mate. Feet fans versus your mighty Versace's. Uh, we're going to start with at NBWT underscore underscore. Congrats to Jake yep. Simpkin, who played 85 minutes and made 58 tackles on debut. I really hope you got to watch this game because it was an absolute cracker. Oh, mate, it was sensational to watch, honestly. Um, it, it's, um, it was Simpkin, wasn't it, who made his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, Jake Simpkin, that's right. Yeah, mate, he, he was sensational to watch last night. Um you know, I mean, I can't speak any highly of his performance, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I'm not going to try and say that he's the same level as Harry Grant or, or Cook yet, but considering um, the Roosters also debutised some hookers and, and well, I mean, we've debutised a thousand hookers and none of them have had a, had a start like that, so that was exciting. <laughs> and in fact, at 
Discamalian, Stuart McLennan, he also tweeted, Simkin, Dwayhe and Laurie, the at West Tigers bright future. And I feel the same way. It's so great to come off a win, uh, sorry, come off a loss like this, but still feel so much hope and uh, excitement from, from young kids. Yeah, I I think that was the one thing I really noticed about yesterday was just the fact that um, you guys really, like, showed up. Like, I was, I won't lie, I was expecting a pretty um, whitewashed game, to be honest. Of course. Um, But I think um, players like Simpkin and Laurie, as they've said, are defending starting for a future. Mm. And it's like, you've got both of them now, um, mate, in a couple of years' time, as long as you keep holding of them and um, keep building around them. Who knows what will happen with those two? Well, I think that's going to be a theme for tonight. Holding on to them and building them is going to be something that I think we're going to talk a lot about with the Titans as well. Oh, uh, yeah, 18 14. 18 14. And also, something I learned, which made a lot of sense, but I um, saw that they didn't take a conversion because they can't. Golden Point, the game ends the moment they score, so they couldn't convert the try. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I didn't realise that. I didn't know that was a rule. It was unreal. Um, at yeah. Angriest Tiger, he said, we took Souths all the way. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. Well done, lads. Play like that against other teams and we'll win more than we lose. Can't help but agree with that one. And at Dane Talentine tweeted, last week Madge said this wasn't what the West are about. Tonight it is resilience, counter-momentum, fight, help your brothers, ignore the outside noise and keep working. They won't always end like that. And I think that was a perfect way to sum that up. And I know you're a big Twitter person, so you would have also seen there's been a huge amount of backlash against PBL ball. Um, but at underscore Jack underscore Ricky tweeted, even when it's in crisis, rugby league is the best sport by a very, very, very long way. Now, as a neutral fan, I'm assuming you also felt the same way that it was... It, there were six against yeah. craziness. That two-point field goal by Adam Reynolds, like it had PVL fingerprints all over it, um, but it still ended up being a great game. Oh, it was sensational to watch. Like, I, I just can't get over how people just can't watch it. Like, you grow up watching it, and when you see games like this, even though they don't happen very often, it's still, I, I can't explain it. It just yeah. takes you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's history in the making. It's absolutely right. Uh, I think there, there was a lot of rest faulting happening and, and there was a lot of upsetness around Luttrell and he seems to have been um, reprimanded post-games. I'm not going to get into a debate about, you know, what should happen on, you know, if the player gets three weeks now, they didn't do yeah. much in the game. Like, I get it. That, that, but that eventually happens to all of us. But I think um, Luttrell still had a pretty good game and South had an excellent game. That wasn't one of those games where... The other team played badly, like Newcastle, and we played badly, but we just happened to win. That was a game where we both played really well. And and from that, would you possibly tip the Tigers next week? We're playing Manly. Manly played pretty well, obviously, against you guys this week, but but have not been that great. Well, how are you feeling about the Tigers into the future, do you think? I'm sli- yeah, I'm slightly confident about you guys next week. Um, like, we'll, we'll get into it a bit later, obviously, but like, the Rabbitohs versus, like, the Rabbitohs and the Titans are two different sides, obviously. So I think, like, the fact that you guys took the Rabbitohs for, yeah, eight, pretty much 85 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm leading towards you guys, in all honesty. Yeah, um, 85 minutes, yeah. I forget that. It was such a long game. like that. And there was another thing Simkin did in his first game was he had to take the whole 85 minutes. It's crazy. Flap City versus Shitans. Now, they were called Shitans for the longest time because I'm not sure if you've had the uh, pleasure of watching Rugby League the Musical. Have you seen it up there? Because you live in Queensland at the moment, don't you? 
Oh, I'm still in Armadale. I'm still in New South Wales, mate. Oh, in Armadale. How come I... So, is it just your hate for Queensland... Uh, sorry, for Brisbane? Um, yeah, okay. pretty much. I, because a lot of your timeline is pro-Titans and, and anti-Broncos, so I just always assumed that you were living there in Queensland, but you're in Armadale. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've just been in Armadale my entire life, mate, and I just think it's that sort of thing when you support the Titans, it's just almost like automatic, you just got to despise the Broncos. Okay, um, so how do you end up then with the Titans? Scott Prince, actually. Yes, you're um, a legend. That's a great reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was a massive um, Prince fan when I was like getting into rugby league. And when I was at the Tigers, I, you know, watched the Tigers, mainly because of Prince. And when, um, oh, this, this is testing my memory now. In the 06 grand final, I, I could be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure at half time or before the game started, I brought out the actual Titan squad. And. I'm pretty sure I had Scott Prince in there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how I got into it. Wow. Yes, yeah, I saw Scott Prince in the Titans outfit. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is going to be my team, and here we are 14, 15 years later. So. And amazingly, 06 is the year that Brisbane wins the grand final. The last time, in fact, I think the Broncos win the grand final. Who were you going for, yeah. then? Who were you going for then before you saw Scott Prince in a Titans jersey? Well... Well, like I said, like I didn't really have an actual team, right? Um, because I said with with Scott Prince, when I watched him at the Tigers, I really liked him, and um, I remember watching the 05 Grand Final, and I just really loved seeing Prince in that. And when he won Daily M, not Daily M, the um, Clive Church, Churchill right. Medal, mm. yeah, he um, I I don't know, seven year old me was sort of like, oh, he has Prince in his name, so I'm gonna go for him now, um. So, yeah, I didn't really have a team. It was more so just a player. I love this so much. And you went with Scott <laughs> Prince. What a legend. I love him. Okay, great. So, so uh, in they made, I don't know if Armadale's had the Rugby League musical come through then, but in Rugby League the musical, they talk about how the Titans and the Sharks are essentially the same colours and when they they have this footage of, of them playing once and they, they look identical. And so he was saying that they should, they're already the same colours, so let's put them together. So the Sharks plus the Titans together, that word would say Shitans. And then he's got a whole song around Shitans. It's, it's amusing. <laughs> but now that you're here, I think we call the Shitans Jetso Ball. How do you feel about that? Yeah, but I'm all down for that. Great. So now I've officially changed the name of the uh, Gold Coast Titans to Jetso Ball on this podcast. So Flap City versus Jetso Ball. First tweet I want to do is at Bob to you. He said, uh, fuck, maybe one player does make a difference. And then at the Bungard, uh, the Matt Bungard tweeted, I've not seen a team rely so much on one player since the Johns era Knights. Just incredible stuff. Hope he stays fit because footy is indefinitely better with Tommy Turbo doing cool shit now. I'm happy um, that that's... I mean, how do you first feel about that? Um, yeah, look, I think yesterday was a pretty big indication about that, honestly. I mean, like, I know coming into this game, obviously, Tommy Turbo would be a big inclusion for Manly, but um, I didn't see that happening, I guess. Um, but he's banging on money, absolutely bang on. Yeah, I, mean, I think, look... I'm happy to say there was a difference for Manly. Like, that's why Manly were better. But it doesn't explain why the Titans were no good. In fact, at LCVW said, 
How do you put 40 plus on a team one week and then the next week get smashed by second last on the ladder? Now, please, that's an open question to you, Jet. So how did that happen, dude? There's so many things I really want to say right now, but I'm, <laughs> I can't. Um, oh, just, There's a language I, warning I on think... this podcast, buddy. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Views are our own. Uh, mate, honestly, it was just a shambolic performance. I, th- I really think we came in expecting just to win to a degree. Because um, Cameron Proctor earlier in the week was going on about how, you know, we you know got to take it another game at a time. We can't go you know, look at what we did last week against Newcastle. And I think um, we, we kind of saw what we did against Newcastle and thought, oh, you know, merely a bottom last. They, you know, just beat Warriors last week. So I think we kind of came into a bit of a... Um, yeah, just expecting to come and win. Um, but it was just... It was probably the worst 80 minutes I've seen in a f- couple of years. And I mean, we had a shocking year in 2019, but oh, it was just disgusting to watch. Now, just so we can get out of the way, do you remember the score? Uh, yeah, I do. 36 nil. Okay, well done. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm personally a pretty big Titans fan. Like Titans and Warriors, I'm happy to say, um, like are up there with my second teams. But I'm a pretty easy catch, like an entry level Pokemon. So so saying that I'm your fan isn't isn't that hard for me. But let's go through some of your hot takes to try and convince other people that the Titans should be their second team. Well, they're going to be great this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. So yeah, uh, what hot take do you want to go first with Ben? Well, let's go with hot take number one. Let's do them in order. Yeah, right, yeah, the Fafita one. So, yeah, I put out a um, hot take at the start of the week, basically saying that David Fafita would be, it is, sorry, the most um, important and biggest sign in the club's made. Mm. Um, that one got a fair few responses. Um, so I'll just read out a few of those, if you don't mind. Okay, no, please. So, um, at Fish on Heat, um, basically <laughs> said, I'd argue for Scott... <laughs> Uh, it's a te- it's a shocking name, but I love That's it at the amazing. same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said, "I would argue Scott Prince. The club just bottled what could have been achieved by that squad." Um, Ventino, I don't think you signed Dave for Fafita without Tino. I must admit, mm. um, not wrong there to some degree with the um, Tino and Fafita. Mm. Um, my boy at JC underscore Anthony. Yes. Um, yeah, he's. Gone. Still a bit early to tell, but it's definitely between him and Scott Prince, I must admit. Prince, he was in his prime when we signed him and he led us to a prim- preliminary final um, in multiple semis. But Fafita is scarily still not in his prime, so we'll only mm. get more devastating. I mean, a lot of them were saying the likes of um, Scott Prince or Preston Campbell. Yep. Um, you know, just wasn't another one. Just Oh, yeah, at, um, at other one of my favourite Titan blokes, H4 um, MMERZ. Don't know how to say that. I think um, he likes hammers. Hammers, right. Well, there we go then. Yeah. Um, he's basically going with Holbrook is the most important. Fafita is the biggest. Um, again, really not wrong there. I probably should have made it, you know, players only. But um, yeah, Holbrook is uh, a good shout. I was surprised by that. I hadn't thought about it either until he put that in there. Yeah, I, I didn't either, to be honest. Like, cause with, with Justin. Um, when, when we initially signed him, like, I know we were getting a good coach. You know, 79% win record over in Super League, you mm. know, rebuilt. 
St. Helens. So I know we had a good coach coming, but I didn't see him having an impact that he's had in a space of a season. Yeah, that's like, true. He, like, he took the exact same squad, pretty much, from 16th to 9th. He was getting the best out of, you know, Ash Taylor and Jared Wallace. Mm. Like, it, it was sensational to see the impact he's made within a season. Um, so it's a very good shout mm. from Helens there. Um, and so can I just pivot quickly to, to people like Hammers and uh, who's the other bloke that I just said who I love to death as well on here? Uh, JC underscore yeah. Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you three are like the absolute starlights of of Gold Coast Titans Twitter. Now, have you three met each other before or do you know much of each other outside of Twitter? Uh, no, not really. We just, just know we love the Titans and want to see us do well. Um, yeah. Love it. Okay. You gotta find you gotta yeah. find them one time. Are you gonna magic weekend? Nah mate, I've got a ratio through that weekend. Okay. So but, yeah. oh, there's gotta be a time. I'm we've got to maybe crowdfund it or something like that to try I don't know where Hammers lives, I don't know where G C lives, but um we're gonna try and maybe get them all down at Armadale one time so you can all go to the what's your local? The Armadale Hotel? Oh mate, we've got so many pubs here, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well we'll send you guys on a pub. Yeah, our 30 fans populated town, and we've got something like 12 pops, I think. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, okay, great. So let's go to hot take number two. Uh, that would have been the Kane Elgie one. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't have come onto the podcast without talking about Kane Elgie. Yeah. Like, um, so, so with the Kane Elgie, there's it, probably about three or four of us that'll die on Elgie Island. Like, right. we will always believe in Kane Elgie and um, what he could have done. And, um, yeah, actually, so I just remember um, reading the news that he tore his ACL there, um, I think, late 20, 2015 or early 2016. Um, and, yeah, we were all devastated. Um, your, hot take is not, your hot take is not just so you do well, but you used to in here that he's one of the best halves in the comp and would have been a set of origin rep half. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, wow. Absolutely. This, the, is, this is the well, same KMLG that was at Manly, right? And and went to... Yeah, it okay. was. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. When he was coming through in 2015, he was thrown into a pretty shit tight inside, admittedly. You know, he... He was alongside Aiden Caesar. He was the halfback. Mm. Um, and he just took the game by storm, Elkie. He's cut out passes to the left wing. His ability to step and just take off. Um, you know, defensively, he was a bit shaky, but, you know, he's a rookie. So, like, the potential he had that particular season was enormous. And it got to the point where he was off contract that year. And Manly and the Cowboys were after him big time because Manly said, oh, you know, you can come down here and, you know, be beside Cherry Evans. Mm. And I think I had Andrew Johns at the club at the time as well. So they were really enticing him to come down there and um, play with them. And the Cowboys, on the other hand, were going, oh, look, we've got Jonathan Thurston up here. So you can come up here, train with him, play with him. And when he retires, you can take over the um, squad. So uh, there was a lot of noise and excitement around Elgie when he was that 2015 season. But yeah, just did his ACL and uh, I don't know. It's just just one of those things you just don't want to see happen to a player. But yeah, just um, 
Yeah, I'm getting sad thinking about Alfie now. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. And the sad thing is, uh, well, the amazing thing is, is you put that out, you put that one out, and that's probably the only one that I can remember. Your only hot take that got such a universal agreement. At Nat O'Neary mm. agreed with you. At the Screaming Eagle Pod, and that's a that's a manly podcast. Um, agreeing with you. At Callum Machachi, all of these people yeah. were just like piling on, going, "Yes, you're absolutely right." Uh, I don't remember that about him at all. I remember the player. I just remember that he was. Um, middle of the road. I didn't even know he did an ACL, so obviously I wasn't following him close enough, but there you go. No, mate, he was playing at the time, so I don't blame you at the time. Uh, hot take number three. Uh, Titans will be one of the most successful clubs in the next decade. Um, we had the pieces on and off the field. Yeah, wow. Um, so that, that one's a, quite a big shout. Um, I will... So, yeah, I've got a couple of responses to that. Um, Matt Moy underscore basically said, this is, to get, this is the correct take. They're building a solid squad on both youth and quality players. Holbrook is a smart coach and is starting to get the best out of his squad. They will be in contention, if not in the eight, in 2021 and beyond. Now, there are other people there, like Fish on Heat again, who I love and want to bring up as much as I can because it's the best handle ever. This, yeah, he's said hardly even a hot take. Yeah, it's. I love that. That's so much confidence. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I can understand where he's coming from to to a degree with that. Like obviously, you know, where we at right now. Um, I'm just trying to figure out a way to put this. There is the potential for us to be the best squad for the next decade. Oh, there is that potential there, but I think from a when I sent this out, I keep looking at back at the times we were meant to be good and we just faltered. Mm. 2017, Jared Haynes, Signature, Cameron Proctor in, and then, well, at the end of the year, Neil Henry gets sacked, Jared Haynes leaves, the club's in disarray. 2019, you know, we signed Shannon Boyd, got Tyrone Peachy. It was meant to be Bryce Cartwright's breakout year and, well, Garth Brennan got the boot, mm. came last. It, I think with a club like the Titans, we've always had this fear of, yeah, we are going to stuff this up. So I don't want to go and say we are going to be the best club, but I definitely think we have the pieces right now to be one of the best in the next decade. Uh, um, so, yeah. I mean, I hope it happens. I just, I, I felt like there was a super hot take. For the next decade, I think it's a super hot take. Uh, yeah. Okay, now the next one I think was a little less spicy, and that was just yeah. your hot take number four, which was the Titans will make the top eight this year. I mean, I had them in your top eight. I had them in my top eight, I should say, at the beginning of the year. And, but you know what I think a lot of that was? Was the documentary. Did you end up watching that documentary? Oh, of course. How good was it? It was really good. I really loved it. Um, they did a fantastic job of it, really. Um just, I mean, cinematography-wise was great, but also just a real insight into Holbrook, into Tino, into a lot of those players. Yeah, I think with documentaries like that, you start to see a different side of players. Like, yes. you know, we're always used to seeing the players on a TV, you know, as these guys who just run the ball hard and score tries and all that. But when you start to see documentaries like that, you start to realise, you know, yeah, how much the game actually means to them. And, um, and even, I think it was, um, I think it was Jared Wallace. Or, or, or Jolliffe. I think Jolliffe. I learned a lot about him, Jolliffe. how he had come up from nowhere. Yeah, Jolliffe, yeah. Yeah. 
and St. Joloff and, um, yeah, it said Tano and Fafita as well. Like, it was very interesting to see where the squad is at. And just the fact that a few of the players said, you know, the, um, the environment was a lot more um, exciting, a lot more happier than what it was a couple of years ago. Like, that just tells you everything you need to know about Justin, really. Yep, no, you're absolutely right. And so what's making you feel confident that you're definitely making the eight? Um, well, it comes down to three things. Why don't we have a pretty good squad on paper? Um, you know, I mean, the additions of Fafita and Tano are massive, obviously. Um, Brian Kelly was sensational at the back end of last year, and he yeah. started pretty solid this year. Um, AJ Brimson, obviously, the fifth take, we'll get to that. Um, but I, I still think he he's right up there with fullbacks. Um been a bit slow to start the year, but that's because he's coming off the injury he suffered in um, State of Origin. Um, apparently, that still takes a little bit of time to sort of like fully heal, but you can still play on it. Uh. Yeah. And, and I just I just look at Justin Holbrook, and as I said, the fact that he managed to take the, not, the 16th place Titans to the 9th place Titans within a season, mm. you got rid of some Deadwood, you brought in excellent um, players to replace the ones you've let go. Like, I just can't say anything else but top eight. Yeah, no, I'm with you, mate. I mean, I said underneath that my hot take would be they'd, top, they'd be top four, but the Manly ones made me a little bit worried. But but the um, I think every other game you've played before this has looked great. So I think I agree with you. I think definitely top eight. Yeah. So hot take number five, and this is the one that you got the most amount of spice back. This is probably the one that... Oh, yeah. It lit up uh, lots of Novocastrians and and Queenslanders. Really, a lot of Queenslanders ran at you, and at the yeah. time, and a lot of at the time, I didn't realize you weren't a Queenslander. So, so also, I love the idea of a New South Wales person telling Queenslanders who they should select. So, hot take number five was AJ is currently a better fullback than Ponga and will remain the Queensland number one for his career. So, there's a whole bunch of things in here that, that lit people up. So, is currently a better fullback. People wanted to debate that. I, I would agree with you, but I can understand people would debate you. Remain even yeah. the Queensland number one this year, I think, would have fired up enough people. But the fact that you then went on and pretty much said the Ponga will never get it back, um, that was hectic, and and it, and it was great. I loved it. It was great Twitter. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. I, so I tweeted, I had a think, oh, maybe you know, a couple of of people might bite on this, but I didn't expect the response it got. To be honest. So tell me, tell me what you're thinking when you wrote it. Like, I'm happy. I'm assuming you actually believe it as well. So. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Like, for me to put out a hot take, I need to be able to defend it. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, the Tigers are going to win the Premiership this season because I don't believe that, you know? So, with the AJ Ponga thing, right? So, when I tweet this out, obviously, it's not, you know, trying to discredit Ponga. Like, he's an excellent player. Um, the way I say this is with AJ, when I, when I look at the two players, Ponga... Yes, it's more skillful, but AJ is far more consistent and defensively is a lot better than Ponga. I think for me, when I look at a player, I want someone that's going to be a lot more consistent than, you know, has a really good game here, but it has a couple of games where it's sort of like, you know, not really there, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I don't know, I just, I just look at them. Why he played, especially in that first game in Origin last year, he was just everywhere, AJ. And mm. he backs up so well in any plays. And uh, I don't know, I feel like for me, it, it's such a hard thing for me to 
put into words because I just look at AJ and I go, that's the guy I want in the fullback spot. Yeah, he's yeah, consistent. Yeah. He can add an attack. He's very good one-on-one defense, which is something I think is quite a rare thing to see in fullbacks nowadays. Mm. Um, he just adds something. And I know, again, Ponga, very good player, very skillful, more yeah. than AJ, but I feel like Ponga off the bench would add more to the Queensland side than AJ off the bench because you've got a solid number one who could do a bit of everything. Mm. You bring on Ponga halfway through the game with that skill, that's pretty much game over, really, to me. Um, I, I can actually now kind of... You're, you're really getting me around because you're kind of differentiating... Um, the differences between the two really well and your hot take is AJ is currently a better fullback and you do say that and so kind of what you're saying is all round Ponga might be a better player but when it is actually uh, position specific AJ's skills are better for that specific position which is fullback Ponga is just a very skillful footballer and so then can chime in in lots yeah. of different positions for Queensland yeah that, that's just the way I see it, oh, I love it. I think. so that makes heaps of sense now that you've said it out loud I now completely agree with you <laughs> and uh, he can't kick or anything like that, though, can he? No, like like conversion wise, or just uh, I meant I meant gameplay, but I, I don't know about conversion. Uh, if he's needed to kick, he will kick. Um, like he's very like the thing I love about AJ as well is he will back himself in certain situations. Mm. Like there was a try against. Uh, the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago where nothing was on. He just stood there, put it through for himself, and he got the try. Oh, yeah. And he, mm. he did that a couple of years ago against Manly as well, just put the ball for himself and, you know, went and scored. So I think that's another thing as well. He really loves to back himself in sort of situations. Um, yeah. I, I think that's pretty much the simplest way I could put it. I think I AJ think... is number one. Keep going, sorry. I was just going to say, I just feel like that's the thing. Like, Ponga skillfully is better, but he adds more off the bench, you know, state of orange match for AJ Wood. Yeah, I can um, now, I'm starting to now see that Ponga could be one of those fullbacks who would easily transition to 5'8", because I think Ponga has a fifth tackle bomb or, you know, 40-20 kind of in him. I, I think Mitchell Pierce does more, but, but Ponga's doable. Whereas AJ, as you've just described there, they're kind of fullback kicking where, you, where he has a chip and chase in his pocket or he has a little mother grabber to himself within the 5-10 metre zone, which are all great fullback kind of kicking. But but now I think a lot about it, AJ doesn't sound like one of those fullbacks that could eventually be in the 5-8 role, which really does mean that he is a very good fullback because he, he's specialised to that role. Yeah, because yeah. we... Well, when he was, first came through, he was playing 5-8 uh, because... That the whole thing with Garth, Redden and Kane Elke, it was an absolute disaster. Um, but yeah, he brought in Brimson to play six. And I think his debut was against the Newcastle Knights. And we won that game as well. And a lot of people say, oh, he should be playing 5A, he should be playing the number six. But once you get into fullback, you understand why he's a fullback. He had so much more there. Mm. And it, even like last year when he came back, uh, his game against the Roosters, was his first game of last year. You could automatically see the change he added, the pace, the line busting, and the defence he had. He added so much more than, you know, Corey Thompson or Philip Sammy went in the fullback, and he had that tremendous back period of last year where he was playing such phenomenal football and then, you know, made the state of origin side and got injured. But, yeah, I just... It's like I said, Ponga 
is a better all-round player, but for not for the fullback, I still believe AJ is still a better fullback, like the tweet said. And um, yeah. Now here's my crazy hot take that I've only just made up just now, and I'm happy for you to laugh and shout at me. Uh, yep. The Titans make a grand final, and Corey Thompson is the name Clive Churchill medalist. I, I honestly like if we made if we made grand final, I could say Corey easily being a Clive Churchill. Like because I mean, thinking about him in, in the Knights and Manly game, um, when when I was thinking about AJ just then, he, that break that you guys did from like the ten, I think it was off a kickoff, where um, yeah. That you had some set play and then and then AJ just accelerated so quickly with you know a meter within the line and burst straight through. Um, love that, love that so much. And and that kind of stuff might happen in a game, but I can just see Corey Thompson. He's just such a weird tackle breaker where sometimes he goes into the defensive line and then gets driven back 15 meters back in the end goal and you're like, oh my god, that guy's so small. And then sometimes he just bumps and bumps and bumps and does Tedesco weirdness where all of a sudden he's broken away from three and he's now 40 meters down. The field. I think he did that against Manly, where he he was on the five. They just threw him this terrible ball, and all of a sudden he ran eighty meters out of nothing. And he just seems like that kind of guy that everyone sleeps on. And then uh, Tigers fans loved him. Titans fans are loving him. He just seems like I, I know Canterbury fans and in fourteen loved him. He just seems mm. like the kind of bloke who is a game breaking person that no one ever thinks about or, or, or knows about until they're either he's either in their super coach team or he's in their he's in your personal team. Every other fan just doesn't know he exists. Yeah, like well I sort of think when we signed him, like I, I was quite excited by the signing, you know, this guy who, you know, well as you said, can make line breaks, very determined, will play with a lot of passion. Um and I think it was his um, debut game against the Sharks. Paul Bugger got a HIO, so we didn't really get to see much there. But um, as the season went on, you started to see why he was such a good player. And this year, especially, like you said, like he just. It, it's hard to explain with Corey. Like you just. You just fall in love with the guy. Like he just <laughs> does yeah. everything you want in a player. Yeah. You know, and it's a sort of feel like, oh, keep saying to people, you give me 17 Corey Thompsons and you're going to win the premiership. It's like, I, I can't really put it into words how much he's changed. I, I feel like he's had a massive impact on the culture as well, just having a mm. determination, a passion, that knowing how much it means to be in his position. Yeah. Um, and I think also to a bit of his height, like I don't know, I think it's like 5'10", 5'11". I'm pretty sure, but I think that's another reason why some people kind of sleep on him is he's not the biggest bloke, but like you said, he just makes that one bump and then that second bump and it just keeps going. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll end up just repeating everything I've just said. But yeah, we we love Corey at the Titans and he's someone that yeah I could see win a Clive Churchill medal. You know, he's not someone that you're going to put on a poster, no. but he's someone that you will see on a field as a fan and say hey you know what shit this guy's really good for us and he's going to do amazing things the wowman of the week are brought to you by trophy land trophy land is the number one place to get your trophy needs medals trophies awards personalized and professional you can find their website in the show notes and you can say hi to kbay for me if um you do that he'll probably give you a 10 percent discount now Jetso, do you have a uh, a trophy story you're getting many trophies when you're a kid or um I suppose my most proudest moment was I was playing when I played senior soccer. I managed to get um, two 
golden boots and the MVP award. So um, that's that's pretty much it. To be that's honest. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, two two years in a row, or uh, in a space of four years, actually. Oh, that's so good, man. That's consistency. Then it was over four years. Yeah. You were one of the best. That's unreal. Yeah, I was very proud of myself. Um, Mind you, we did play in a pretty shit team, to be honest. So it wasn't much competition. But um, no, nah, come on, man. And uh, and so that was that was with soccer. Yeah. And do you still play now? Or? No, I had to give it up due to um, health reasons, actually. And do you, um, did you keep the trophies and stuff though? Oh yeah, I've still got them. And, they're good. Yeah, and all that. Like they're 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 out on display. Like I'm not gonna let them. Yeah. Collect after anything. So. Yeah, good for you. You should. Now, um, mate, I'm going to let you think about your wowment of the week. I'll, I'll do mine first, and then you can tell us what made you say wow this week. So, obviously, Brooks running that 100 metres um, would have been my life wow if that had actually won us the game. That would have been the most incredible play I'd ever seen. But my actual wowment is the New Zealand Warriors Instagram account. Now, I know as a huge Titans fan, you might not um, follow a lot of other NRL uh, accounts, but I can tell you that if you're ever going to follow another one other than the West Tigers, the New Zealand Warriors Instagram account is incredible. They did a they did a post this week. Lots of players to have 100 games or 150 games for the club or whatever, and they do a nice you know video montage, so highlights and what whatnot. The New Zealand Warriors to celebrate uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek's 100 games with the club. You can imagine it would be that there'd be so much footage um, for of RTS that they could be using. But it was just him, no. and, him and around the boys talking, um, like training, very low-key stuff, nothing that looks particularly abnormal. But they did it with a voiceover of Kobe Bryant talking about how inspiring someone today inspires someone tomorrow and how if you want to make an impact on people, this you actually need to work hard yourself to inspire people. And it was such an incredible monologue. And just to constantly see then RTS's face working hard and leading people while watching that was really powerful, way more powerful than just watching his highlights over and over again, you know, with some crazy hip-hop background music. Um, and it's, it, I was just gobsmacked. It stayed with me. I watched it twice. Um, and the people that, whoever's working with the New Zealand Warriors and their social medias are absolutely killing it. And so their, their video for RTS is my, my wowment of the week. If you haven't seen it yet, Jetso, I strongly recommend you go and have a look. Right, I'll do it after the podcast then. <laughs> Great. Now, do you have a wowment, sir? Yeah, so mine's in the football. Um, as much as it's going to kill me to say this, I've got to give it to the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I know they lost, but coming into this game, I still expected Panthers to put 40, 50 on yes. them easy. Yeah. And the fact that we saw a Brisbane side who have been away for a few years hasn't been that competitive... Um, like even 2018, 2019, sorry, they still weren't super like mm. um, competitive. Like they want games, but I don't know, it just weren't the same Brisbane. And the Brisbane I saw on Friday night gave me, or Thursday, sorry, gave me sort of like flashbacks to what the Brisbane were, you know, that really gritty, tough opposition that just will not back down. And I said, it kills me to save her, but I just. Uh, you've got to put tip your hat off to Brisbane and the effort they showed, and well, that's that's pretty much it, honestly. As yeah. I said, it kills me to say that, but that's when it. when you see an effort like that, you you've got to give credit where it's true. Yep, no, you're absolutely right, mate. That was well said. I'm feeling all right because I'm not going to get bruised. What do you mean? How am I feeling? <laughs> 
Well, enjoy your sport for another week. Get around good people on the socials like The Messenger RL, who are officially providing us with our episode cover art each week. Find them on Insta, Twitter, in our show notes. And we'll talk to you next time, sports best friends. We wouldn't have got that win without your support. We heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes, and we bloody love yous. Nah, just thank you for having me, and I appreciate um, giving your time up to let me come up here and just talk about the Titans and why we should be, I guess, respected a bit more and why we should be taken a bit more seriously. So, yeah. Well, Jetso, I'm going to try, when you guys make the finals, let's get you, Hammers, and um, GC Anthony all on the phone at the same time so the podcast can do a review of your first finals win in 10 years when that happens. Too easy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, mate.